0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Sugar Freedom Show. I'm your host, Katherine Gordon, and I'm here today with Christy Joe Hunt, and I'm so excited because Christy Joe has experience in nutrition and fitness and coaching and also some experience in one of my favorite things in the world, dance. Of course, we're going to focus on nutrition and coaching and exercise today, because I know that that's what you guys listen to the Sugar Freedom Show for, but I look forward to talking with Christy Jo and getting to talk about different aspects of our lives that keep us inspired to keep going with our healthy lifestyle. So now I'm going to say, hi, Christy Jo. How are you today?
1: I am doing fantastic, Catherine. Thank you, and hello to all the Sugar Freedom Podcast listeners.
0: Well, I'm so very glad you're here because one of the things that uh, brought me into my coaching and nutrition and training journey was when I was trying to find a way to become fit and healthy myself. I was looking all around for women like me who were, you know, out there in the real world and were trying to find ways of getting healthy and fit. So I get very excited when I get to talk to other women who are in the business and who are doing exactly that, finding ways to communicate health and fitness to their audience. So the first thing I always ask when I talk to new people on my podcast is, what inspired you to become a health and fitness
1: professional? Oh, that's a question I love to answer because I think many people will resonate with this. I Ever since I was very young, ever since I was probably 9 or 10 years old, I was very active. I loved playing sports, loved running, playing night games, soccer, basketball. And at the age of 12, I fell in love with dance. Mm. And that was, oh, my goodness, my heart just bled it. I, I was actually offered a scholarship to dance for free by a local dance teacher. We couldn't afford it at the time in a very large family. And so it was a gift to be able to learn to dance. So that became a big part of my life. Well, I was also very aware. I don't think it was, I don't want to pin it on dance, but I just am a a person who's very observant. And I was very aware that the magazines that lined the checkout counter at the grocery store were covered with women that looked really awesome. In my mind, I looked at them and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. I want to look like that. And then I looked up to dancers with beautiful bodies, and I wanted, I wanted to achieve that type of a body. Well, to make a very long story short, 10 years went by of trying and learning and reading all of these books and how to achieve this quote-unquote perfect body mm-hmm. that led me down a very dark hole of very, very obsessive dieting, restricting, binging, mm-hmm. purging, and obsessive exercise in pursuit of that perfect body. So it's kind of an interesting segue into how did I get into the fitness experience? Well, in 2010, mm-hmm. I thought that to solve these problems, that I should become a personal trainer. <laughs> I thought that <laughs> would fix it. and So I started training clients and teaching them and, of course, lo- loving to learn and study even more for their bodies and hoping, expecting, because, you know, isn't, if someone's a trainer, aren't they supposed to just look good? Well, I was sadly mistaken and I kept going down this path of frustration and self-loathing and it was a very dark place to be until 2012 when I was at the darkest point I've ever been mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically and I was driving down the road in a very deep funk of a depression and I heard a voice and this voice... (laughs) you are the master of yourself and I thought I was crazy and I looked in the rearview mirror like okay girl now you're really you know you're out there and it came again and it was just a feeling of peace and clarity Mm -hmm. but I was the master of myself and this was my time to take control Mm -hmm. and that started first with my journey And then after I started to figure things out, I began a blog, a Facebook page. I never had an intention of starting a business, Mm -hmm. but things just happened. I ended up writing a book, and bada-bing, bada-boom, four years later, I run an online coaching business, and I'm sharing my message everywhere I get the chance. Well, that is
0: absolutely splendid, and what a story! Because I know uh, my mother used to call uh, the the voices in your head that you know tell you you're not good good enough. She called those the gray thoughts. And I, I think Ooh. so many women we're dealing with this voice in our head and this voice from outside that's constantly telling us that we're not good enough. That you've got to get thinner, you've got to look better, and you've got to be perfect. And I think what a glorious thing that you had this experience of this new voice, this other voice coming into your life and saying you're the master of yourself and that it, the voices on the outside and the media, that they're not in control of you. And I think w- what a glorious thing to realize. And, I, and the big question is, Christy Jo, what was it what, about that feeling of peace and that transition? What are you doing differently now? that clearly is making your life and also the lives of the people you work with better and different.
1: Oh, I love how you talk about the, the different source of those voices. And I didn't really plan on going too much into spirituality, but there is a level of that that I think really yeah. integrates into our nutrition and fitness journey. And I'm a very faith-driven person. What I'd like to suggest to people and what has changed my life truly, I think the phrase is overused, but in this case, I'm absolutely going to use it because my life has changed. I am a completely different person, is that I learned how to not only recognize that, that master voice, the quiet, right. the calm voice, and to invite it to every mm-hmm. day, intentionally invite it into my life through, for me, that would be, you know, academic reading of scriptures and prayer mm-hmm. and meditation Instead of letting my brain be victim and a passive recipient of the media, of the voices that are out there. And so learning how to protect myself and to really put up this wall of just honing in on who I wanted to be and only inviting those messages in that would build me to be a better person. That's really what it came down to.
0: You know what, and since we're going in, into this area about, you know, what, what is true and what is false and trying to find the truth in health and fitness, um, one of the things that, have, that is of great concern to me, Christy Joe, is there seems to have been this, this divergence, this split between what is healthy and what is fashionable. Uh, if, we mm. look, if we look at fashion and if we look at the actual um, size, body fat percentage me- measurements, of the women in the media, whether they're runway models or even Ro Victoria's secret models and and then we look at what is actually i mean you and I you know we're both certified personal trainers, and I think you're you're also a certified nutrition specialist, is this true
1: right yes, that's right
0: well well it, from my studies if if we're actually studying the literature and the research, my understanding of what a healthy body fat percentage is for an adult female is completely different from what we're being shown in, in the media. And I think, do you, did you find that you had to come to terms with what was a media status body and what was like a real healthy body? Did you have to confront
1: that question? Oh, oh, absolutely. And that's a journey of itself. I'll tell you a little more about this four year journey I've been on. So when I first had that voice, at the time, the, the best knowledge I had was, oh, I need to compete because that would be self-mastery. I wanted to compete in figure competitions. Right. I had had trainers tell me, you have an incredible build and physique. Why are you not competing? And I left right. because they didn't know about the secret, very problematic eating disorders I was dealing with. Oh, and, and so I, I thought that that was triumph by beginning to compete. I thought that was triumph. I thought that was it. Oh, no. Four years later, I'm telling you that was the beginning of the journey. That was the beginning. And so what happened? I learned how to get shredded. I learned how to get ripped. I learned how to get muscular and control my body on a very specific level. Mm -hmm. And to the world, because of the way that media works, to the world, I looked like I had it, that I had achieved that pinnacle, that goal of what everybody's after. But inside, there was something still missing And it literally took four years of coaching over 1,500 other people. With Mm -hmm. every new person, I learned a little bit more. I gained a little new insight about what was real, about what Mm -hmm. might change. I had to reprogram the way that I viewed my body and success. I had to change what, whenever I looked at a magazine, the words instead of like, wow, that's awesome, I want to look like that, instead of, oh, they're just depleted and peaked. (laughs) And and looking at it for what it truly is. And it's not like a crutch or an excuse. It's it's reality of what it requires. And you talk about runway models. That's a totally different body type, right? Right. That you, number one, have to have genetics. Second of all, you don't eat. You're malnourished. It's a fact. And it's unfortunately causing so many of our younger girls, the place where I just came from, they view that and they're showing these images and they, they all they see is, oh, I want to be like that. They put value on having a body that the world is applauding. But what they don't understand, what I didn't but I do now, is how marketing works. This mm-hmm. entire world is run by marketing and by dollars and anything that's going to get the public emotionally swayed. If you can sway the public to get emotional or feel badly about themselves, you yeah. can get them to buy a product. And yeah. that's how this world works. That's why the media is the way it is. And if we don't have the eyes to see through it, we don't recognize it for what it is. And so in the midst of starting to really discover this, I, I ended up coaching over 50 people. I had a natural bodybuilding team. And mm-hmm. last November, I hit another deep depression. And I thought, oh. what on earth? I thought I fixed this. What is going this again? on? Yeah, And it took me, I moved out in the middle of nowhere. I took two months and stepped away from everything. I was like, what on earth is happening? Because if this is going to destroy you, you shut down your business right now. And in that two months, I discovered very much so through a lot of prayer, meditation, and wonderful people in my life, it was time to disband the bodybuilding team and to change my focus and to fall in love with my softer, beautiful body. And it has been the most incredible, what, about six months since then. And I still, yes, I look in the mirror and I still have to challenge. I challenge the thoughts of, hmm, you've lost it. You don't look as good as you used to or you could. I challenge those thoughts and I say, oh, really? Is that my subconscious talking or is that reality? And I think this is important for every person listening to this, this show today is to Mm -hmm. learn how to challenge the voices because we have all been conditioned by the voices of the media, by people that we think are experts. anybody that we look up to, the more we listen, the more we allow their message to internalize and become ours. But let's discover what our own truth is, which my own truth is I feel fantastic (laughs) at 155 pounds and I look ripped at 145, and it's time for me to love my 155. Wow, that's so, changing that sense, that so view, exciting. It's, it, it is. It's freedom, and I, it's such a journey that so many people, I think, get caught in this day-to-day, you know, it's like a three-week, four-week, eight-week, whatever it is, like, you're going to be happy at the end of that. First of all, happiness is a state. I'll bet you agree with that, Catherine, right? Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> it's, do. It's an uh, attitude.
0: It, but I do think. But one of the things that I do want to talk about um, is um, I absolutely love the the concept of of connecting your health and your fitness to to your to your life purpose and also to your spiritual mm-hmm. truth and, and to the truth about beauty. Um, yeah. And if you really if you really look at the science and you look at the science of good health. Um, we can see that there's been this, you know, outrageous disconnect between what gets you healthy and what gets you shredded. But I think that this is a great opportunity for us to start talking about what does the kind of, like, truly optimal and truly life-fulfilling eating, and training and fitness what does that look like so if if we mm-hmm. really get interested truly interested in beauty and health and and eating a diet that allows us to have a fulfilling life what are some of the choices that we can that we can make in your experience nutritionally that lead us mm-hmm. to that you know
1: that full healthy life mm, and that healthy so, life when we when we think about that i think it's very important to work inside oh, sorry. and we assess <laughs> feelings.
0: Oh, I'll tell you
1: okay, go ahead. We assess feelings of how our body is-, is reacting rather than assessments on an external level like a scale or right. photos or, you know, how we look in the mirror. So mm-hmm. when we start to approach our nutrition from that level, um, a hashtag I love to use is power your body because right. it's about putting the fuel in our bodies to help it be its best. So the first key that all I tell everybody this from the postman to the lady at the the grocery store, whatever it is. I say, are you eating your vegetables? Uh, And I know it sounds so trivial. It sounds so trivial and so like, oh, it's a no brainer. But do you know 90% (laughs) of people I talk to aren't doing it. And so I try to get people eating a serving of vegetables six times a day. Breakfast, lunch, Uh dinner, mid-morning, mid-afternoon, and evening. Leafy greens one to two times a day. At least one serving of cruciferous vegetables like our broccoli or cabbage or cauliflower and a serving of water-based vegetable like celery or bell pepper or cucumber. Those are really good with breakfast. And what this does is, number one, it boosts energy like crazy. Secondly, this natural fiber has an incredible detoxing ability to scrape the free radicals from our bodies, those free radicals that are pinging around and attaching to things they shouldn't be, Causing inflammation and the precursor to disease. Yeah. So there are many, many amazing things that begin to happen with that simple baby step to our nutrition, eating our vegetables. Yep every day
0: and I think this is so exciting because this is you know I've been in uh, you you know professionally in the fitness world since 2012 now and this is the thing Mm -hmm. I'm seeing over and over and over is that vegetables are the key and if you don't mind one of the things that I see the first thing that busy women eliminate is they eliminate vegetables they stop preparing Mm -hmm. and eating vegetables and they start just reaching for you know bagels and frappuccinos um, oh, and so I, I guess, grimaced a little. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I do. You know, we're all a little bit guilty. But, I, but so um, yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. I mean 100%. So what are mm-hmm. some of the techniques that we can use in order to ensure that we get those vegetables in every day?
1: Mm. So the first thing I think is very critical is that we have a planned shopping day Every single week mm-hmm. is on your calendar. It's just what happens. The only exception is if you're out of town which then it gets right. bumped to another day, creating right. a routine. So you go and buy the vegetables, first of all. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I call it back-of-the-fridge syndrome. How <laughs> yeah. many people have great intentions? And then if it's not prepared and easily accessible, you go for the convenient things. We live in a very fast-paced world, and so we have to create the ease. So one of those things is when we get home from the grocery store, take the 10 to 15 minutes, get out the cutting board and the knife, Rinse your vegetables. Now you don't need to eat all of them raw, but I do like people to eat at least two servings raw. Yep. And you cut those up. You know, you put the, the baby carrots, you chop up some celery, you cut your cucumber, you maybe steam your broccoli or your cauliflower, uh, yep. you chop up your asparagus, you get it ready to throw in the oven and roast. Uh, my grandfather makes a, del- well, he made, he recently passed away. He still he's still both here, but uh, <laughs> he made an amazing vegetable salad that he swore by. He passed away at, I think, 92 years old. So much mm-hmm. energy, incredible. And he chopped it up broccoli, cauliflower, spinach, a little bit of some apples. He loves the sweetness. And he would just put all of his favorite vegetables in a big, big, big uh, bowl in the fridge and cover it and then every day for breakfast and for dinner he would get some of that salad out and that was his base food which yeah, especially it's, for elderly it's, it's applicable for every age but for elderly it's going to give them some real power as well. Yeah and forgive me for
0: for interrupting you but I just have to concur that the, the crazy thing that that I suggest to my clients and that I do myself is this crazy thing we call it vegetables for breakfast. <laughs> Uh, you know right. what i'm saying <laughs> you know vegetables they're not just for dinner anymore and and wow. it's, it's, it's it's almost like you know we're turning our eating upside upside down because um mm-hmm. you know i think everybody you know certainly so many people in the world of fitness and i think anybody who's ever you know prepared or coached people to a competition before you know it, it really is you, you know the, the the great the great power food you know that's generally a lot of people talk about is protein. Can you talk a little yeah. bit about, about protein and, and what it does for us and the ways we can incorporate it into our healthy lifestyle?
1: Mm, I think a lot of people kind of grimace when they hear protein because they naturally think bulky muscles, And that's just right. because of, you know, let's think marketing and media. Again, what mm-hmm. incorrect stories have they caused us to believe? The truth about protein is that every cell in our body needs it. In order to resynthesize, you've got turnover happening every day. And so everything can't rebuild and resynthesize unless we have a proper amount of protein. Now, protein has an amazing level on a a ability on a biochemical level. It helps our blood sugar to be more stable than in the absence of it. So Mm -hmm. what happens is if we eat, let's say, a carbohydrate based food, let's say somebody is eating some cereal for breakfast, maybe some wheat checks, the yeah. blood sugar impact is going to be minimized. It's still there from the carbohydrates and the glucose uptake, but it's going to be minimized and it's going to be prevented from dropping too rapidly when there is also protein in the system. Mm-hmm. And so I call it anchoring, anchoring our blood sugar to take away <laughs> from the great volatility. And so, if we need protein and we need vegetables, then I call it a PV anchor, and we try and put that at every meal we're eating to help stabilize the blood sugar. Sometimes, I'm sure many of your clients have just said, Catherine, <laughs> I want sugar. Like, I just want something, please." <laughs> and, and well, it's tough. <laughs> but I, the the thing that's the thing that's important. Um, especially because I'm a very psychologically-minded coach um, Mm -hmm. coming from eating disorders. And so I'm very careful not to say that any food is restricted. There's no good or bad foods. We strategize them, however. And Mm -hmm. so understanding if we are going to indulge in something more carbohydrate, glucose-based, we've got to have that protein in there first. And that's a a great baby step for people who may not even be doing anything for their nutrition and to start saying, you know, let's bring in some strategy here. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, especially when you've got, you know, when you've got the vegetables and you've got the fiber coming in, uh, then Mm -hmm. what we're looking at. One of the things that I see, unfortunately, is that sometimes when even something like like wheat checks, when that hits an empty stomach, (laughs) like you're saying right now, we have the blood sugar spikes. And then it crashes, and then the whole cycle, okay. the craving cycle, the craving cycle begins. And uh, right, I, I think one of the one of the areas that I'm, you know, a, a little bit radical is that um, my my ability to stop my binge eating has come from eating a ketogenic diet for the last eight years. And this is just right. simply because that's that's the solution that works for me. For people like me who can't tolerate. Uh, who uh, the, really, the only carbohydrates that I tolerate well are, are vegetables um, and some mm-hmm. low sugar fruits and I think a lot of that came from being coming out of obesity and being overweight since i you know battling that since I was a child. I do think that my my carbohydrate tolerance is so low I just I really can 't mm. tolerate things other than vegetables, so I think that these are things that you know for those of us you know, we are a specific population that doesn't tolerate, you know, sugar and carb and, and starch right. well.
1: Right. So And so the keto my, lifestyle is so fantastic
0: for that. Right. And so in my world, um, I'm, you know, eating uh, significantly more fat <laughs> than, yeah. oh, than certainly. Oh, of course. And, and I think, so let, let's go ahead and talk about the F word. <laughs> yeah. Good old yeah. fat. It, you know, I because it. I do, you know, because <laughs> I know that fat's been demonized and like, how can we, you know, come to terms with, with eating fat? What do you think, Christy Joe?
1: Well, I know we, we all have that fear. And you know what's interesting is is in my, my coaching, I'd say about a third of my clients end up going into ketogenic dieting for their mm-hmm. their needs and things. And so I'm very much mindful that most of the time fats are going to be the predominant and more powerful energy nutrient. If we look at carbs and fats, they mm-hmm. both contribute energy. And so where the carbohydrates and and we don't want to go too deep into the science here, uh, but no, we don't, you know, no we don't
0: have to because certainly people I always you know recommend there's all kinds of amazing books that they can read to go deep into the science. We're talking about right. where the rubber hits the
1: road. So go ahead, right? Continue. Yeah, and so realizing that number one, fats have the most power over helping your hormones function regularly, especially mm-hmm. the thyroid. And yeah. realizing you're going to get a lot more satisfaction. My favorite fact about fats, when I learned this and began to feel the difference in my body, it was a huge mm-hmm. game changer for me. So buckle up, everyone. Yeah. Fats are the only thing that are really going to release the hormone cholecystokinin, the CCK, that helps your body recognize fullness. So, uh-huh. If we're not getting enough fat, we don't get that little signal and, therefore, we think we're still hungry. So when we are incorporating our, our great healthy fats, then we feel satisfied. We don't feel the need to overeat. We are not battling and resisting. We're setting ourselves up for success on a physiological level. That's yep. my favorite fact about fats. Yeah.
0: And, I, you know, what's really wild is, you know, if you talk about satisfaction on a physiological level, from a practical point of view, one of the things that's, in, I think, unusual about me and one of the reasons that I, I, I became so overweight is that it takes me an unusually long time to get satisfied. They talk about mm-hmm. how normally it takes about 20 minutes for your satiety signals to come in. Christy Joe, mm-hmm. I've timed this over and over and over. It takes me a full 45 minutes. And so uh, for me personally, I have to slow my chewing way down, and then also mm-hmm. when I'm done with my meal, I literally have to get up and get out of the dining room and do something else yes. until my society kicks in. So that's my excuse. This is terrible. I tell my husband, it's like <laughs> I can't do the dishes right away. I have
1: to leave the kitchen.
0: <laughs> I think that's a great excuse. You use that. It's wonderful. <laughs> and he's like, you know, he's naturally slender. So he's like, oh, here I am doing the dishes again. I'm like, I've got to leave the table. But I'm curious, uh, I mean, have you found this with with satisfaction that it's different for people, how long it takes?
1: Oh, it is. It really is. And so what you've done is you've found a strategy of how to work best with your body. And that's really important for all of our listeners to understand is your body won't maybe function exactly like your next-door neighbor and your friend and your mom. Mm -hmm. But that you're paying attention. It's internal recognition. Our our bodies are our vehicles, And our internal – or spirit, what I believe, has the power to recognize and control this body to a very high level, but not until we look inward and say, well, what is my body telling me? Once you figure that out like you did, you set yourself Mm -hmm. up for success with a strategy around that. But, yeah, everybody's going to have different um, satiety levels so don't set your timer and then if four minutes go by and you didn't hit it then you're broken no 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, get it, I get it now as we one of
0: the things is that i want to start to turn our focus into you know the other the the, the other wonderful part of health and fitness which is fitness and exercise and and movement so we've talked a little bit about Um, how we get that, incorporate that wonderful life-fulfilling nutrition into our lives. Let's Mm -hmm. change gears and start to talk about fitness and movement and training. How do you and your clients stay
1: inspired
0: to stick with their fitness lifestyle?
1: Mm. I think there's a lot of internalization that has to be done. Um, I'd Mm -hmm. like to talk about two separate points. The first one Mm. is, weekly goal setting. I am the biggest, oh, just advocate of goal setting. So mm-hmm. I have my client set an alarm clock to go off Sunday evening or whenever is most convenient for them. And during that time, what they do, and they also do an accountability form that maps out how to answer these questions and uh, right. prompts them, but they, they look back over their week. They assess how they've done both their obstacles as well as their triumphs. And then we set new goals for the next week. Very one specific goal for nutrition, fitness, mindset, and spirituality. But here's the thing about the goal. It has to be specifically designed to overcome the obstacle of the previous week. So it becomes laser-focused. And so we see ourselves progressing baby step by baby step and continuing to move forward. It's not about perfection. There's no such thing, but we strive for progress. And I think that keeps us excited when we have specific goals. I use three-by-five cards. Um, I I like to carry them around with me. Dashboard of your card, dry erase markers on your mirror. Everyone knows that. I'm always like, get your dry erase markers. Go right on your mirror. And uh, the second thing I wanted to talk about is Actually, this, I got to experience this again for myself as I was preparing mm-hmm. to talk with you today, Catherine, and I was journaling. I was journaling yeah. about what my journey has been because I focus so much on teaching and teaching and educating and inspiring and motivating. And When do uh-uh. I stop to say, "See, Joe Hunt, congratulations on every day progressing and being a little better, and look how far you've come. How, how often do we job to celebrate and maybe even leak some tears of joy yes. um, at, at the great things that we're doing, especially as women, we are so darned hard on ourselves. And all we see yes. are the things we're not doing rather than stopping and saying, okay, none of that talk. Remember, it's about the voices. The voice, the master voice comes in and says, you are doing wonderfully. Keep it up. You can do it. I believe I, and in I you. Think and that that's so is important. it.
0: Well, and you've got to go back and look at the evidence, you know, for because mm-hmm. I know from what I know of you, you've there's books you have written, you've created programs, um, you're 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 in there pitching and giving every day, and there's all this evidence of the things that you've accomplished. And I think that um, that's something I want my audience to really connect to is stop and look back at the evidence of how far you've come. Um, I know people, you know, in their first year of training, and I'm sure you see this too, it's astonishing how, you know, they can't even do a kneeling push-up or they can't even do a single proper squat and then all of a
1: sudden,
0: oh my gosh, you turn around a year later and all of a sudden you're doing all of these amazing physical feats that you couldn't even come close to doing. And then um, I also think I really want my audience to really get what you talked about before, this concept that at the end of the week, you look back at what was the biggest obstacle, and then the week following, you actually deal with that obstacle. And I'm like, I've never, yes. Joe, I've never heard it put exactly like that before, that at the end of the week, you look like, okay, what got in my way? And that for the following week, you actually make a choice to, to deal with what got in your way.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's incredible, you know, if each of us and today look back and just take that five minutes to reflect, we will see the power in our lives. I know it because I've done it so many times. Yeah. And you feel directed, you feel focused, you have a purpose. And, and that's a big part of losing motivation, you know, back to that original question. When we lose motivation, it's because we don't have a focus. We right. haven't set a new goal. And we completely obliterate that problem of lack of motivation when we are laser focused on what we are trying to accomplish. And it doesn't need to be outrageous. It could be something as simple as I want my energy to increase by Friday. What am I going Mm -hmm. to do to set myself up to look back on Friday and say, wow, you are feeling better. Or "Mm, this got in your way. Let's recalibrate a new goal. What got in your way? Was it that you didn't prep? Okay, how can we fix that? You need to plan. It goes in your calendar, uh, an alarm that you are going to shop on your way home from work on Wednesday. Very specific.
0: I I, I have to tell you, you know, I'm hearing this a a great deal. I'm also um, having the opportunity to use this in my coaching is how often when we have slips and, and, and issues in our nutrition, uh, getting too hungry and going overboard, how, how often is mm-hmm. it because we didn't prep? Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't you find that, like, like there's a really high percentage of the time when people, like, you know, get, when they, they get in distress, it's because they haven't prepped their food?
1: Yes, that's exactly it. And then I, I, if, we, I, if, just, if we don't make it easy for ourselves, it, how do we expect ourselves When we're dealing with a very busy day and life, and we only have 10% of our brain that is conscious enough to make decisions, and if we exhaust that by 9 a.m., good luck. If you do not increase the automaticity of your habit, being able to just have it there, that's the key to success. Very simple. Plan and prepare.
0: So do you have um, – this is a really good time to start to ask you. um, Do you have um, a a program or a website or a book that uh, my audience – can connect to that, that addresses the very things that you're talking about? Is there, you know, is there some way that they can, you know, access the, the, the coaching that you're offering?
1: Yes, absolutely. So what they'll want to do is write down this URL, which is powerfoodlifestyleblog.com. Mm-hmm. And I have several different things on there. They can access my book, um, some of my trainings. I have eight-week challenges. Um, mm-hmm. I have, I coach one live and it's going right now. Uh, cool. so one won't be available to later this fall, but you know mm-hmm. what, Catherine, I've given them a discount because they're your listener and you're such an mm. amazing person. I appreciate the mm. value you're giving to the world. So if they will use the code Catherine, uh, mm-hmm. then they can actually get a discount on any product. So oh, I'm, and I'm excited and, that, you know, yes, that
0: is Catherine with a C. So that's C A T H E R I N E. Oh, thank you so much.
1: Because oh, I have to pleasure. tell you,
0: people are looking. This is what people tell me all the time, and I am continually needing to step up my coaching and my offering. This is what people are saying is like, you know, please tell me what to eat. Tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Tell me how to prep. And it definitely sounds like you've got uh, some resources where, where you're, you're doing exactly that. Because I think you can agree that people, people need those practical techniques for getting
1: the job done. That's so true. And it can feel so daunting and overwhelming uh, Mm -hmm. until we get our hands held through it. And, you know, it just takes constant uh, looking for it and paying attention and keeping an open mindset. And so I appreciate the opportunity to share that with your listeners.
0: Well, and I, I hope they take advantage of it because you know, from my opportunity to to talk to you on your Body Buddies podcast and also on this one here, I can really see. And I got to tell you, you know, anybody who the first thing they say is you have to eat more vegetables is my friend. I tell you. <laughs> yes, because that you know that really is you know I keep beating that 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 drum about would you know would you please eat eat your vegetables. So as mm-hmm. we as we get into the last third of the podcast. I want to turn our attention to um, what we do in order to get back on track um, when we've gotten off track. One of the things that I Mm -hmm. do see is that in the people that, that I know who are you know, I talk, you know, we've heard of the biggest loser. I call, like to call them the longest losers. <laughs> the, Ooh! The people that's good. <laughs> don't do, yeah, yeah, and please use it. Feel free. That's that you know, for everybody. Thank you. The, one of the things that I see in these individuals is they are certainly not perfect, but that they don't allow their imper- imperfections. To make them quit. Are there, are there some things that you see in yourself and in the people you work with that helps them to keep going long term and, and turn this into a
1: lifestyle? Mm, I think there's an analogy that may be helpful.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And I
1: actually had to do this in my life coaching group last night, and the comments uh-huh. were like, thank you, I needed that. So we all need <laughs> to realize, number one, we're human, we're human. <laughs> if we think we, there is a straight line to, in our minds of what success is, we are sadly living in a world that's not here. So <laughs> all of us yeah. need to accept the fact that we will have some fall downs. Now, that is not an excuse or a crutch to make no. an excuse. It's a realistic point of view. So the way I yeah. choose to look at this, we're all on a track, and that track is circular and it never ends. Until you're dead, you've got a body, you've got to care for it. So right. in that process, some people are walking, some people are jogging, some people are sprinting. Number one thing <laughs> is never to compare yourself to somebody who's not yeah. going your speed. If someone's sprinting, you can't even look at them. You look at the other walkers and say, yo, let's talk. And yeah. you say, you know, let's, let's work together to jog. But know that you will fall down. You will fall down and you will skin your knees. But here is the difference in people mm-hmm. who make this a lifestyle and those who are stuck in the cycle. Yeah. The people who succeed get right back up. They get yeah. right back up and they wipe off their knees and they look and say, "Ooh, learn from that one. Let's go. And then the people who don't succeed, unfortunately, lay on the ground, their legs and hands in the air like a cockroach on its back and say, for me, life sucks. This is so hard. Yeah. That attitude is the difference because vacations happen, emotions happen, crisis happen. I have an older mm-hmm. brother who took his wife in the midst of my own training. And do you know what, I mean, emotions for anybody who's had someone very close pass away, especially unexpectedly it can tear you on every emotional and psychological level that oh. we realize that that is not even if our eating gets off track we realize it is time to get back on and we do everything in our power to work through the emotions and the psychological disposition that that presents because life's hard and we all go through hard things but that we Listen to the correct voice from within. Mm -hmm. We seek to set those goals, no matter how minute they are, even if that's I'm going to get up and drink eight ounces of water and that's all I care about my health today. If that's where you're at, you do it. And you set that goal, you rock it. (laughs) I mean, I'm like picturing this person on the track and they're like slow motion walking. That's fine, but you're moving. You're moving. You're not laying on the ground. Yes. And this is so true. This
0: is so true. And I think that w- what I see, um, and, and uh, what what's so sad, and it's so sad to hear about, about your brother, because what you what we realize now is that there are people who are living in spite of tragedy all around us every day. You yeah. know, amazing people who are who are doing this, and we don't know their stories. And so often, you know, we look at somebody and, you know, we look at the girl with, with envy and what we don't realize is that, you know, we don't know necessarily what's, what's going on in, at, at home and in their hearts. And I think that this is true. And I'm thinking, I'm picturing right now, um, you know, my dear, dear, dear students and clients who are the kind of people who just, man, they have this, this, this resilience. It's kind mm. of like resilience mixed with grit. <laughs>
1: Where, I love both
0: of those words. It's so true. Yeah, like Being two sides of the same upwards. wonderful coin. And and yeah. and also, one of the things that I do notice about the people who have have I have worked with who keep going is that they is that they they love life in spite of their own imperfections. That they that the yeah. fact that they're not a, you know a certain age or a certain size it doesn't matter to them. They're going to go out and they're going to live life for all that it's worth in spite of the fact that they do sometimes fall down and skin their knees.
1: Right. And I think it does take having a much broader perspective of life. Mm -hmm. And for me, I know a lot of that comes from my own personal beliefs. But for all of us, I, I think taking that step back to say, what am I here for and how can I fulfill a mission? Um, yeah. Of any, any, any form, but having a purpose, every single one of us has a purpose, and it doesn't need to be grandiose, it can be, but I think when we look inside to say what unique value do I have to add to this world, whether it's being able to cheer somebody up, whether it's writing a phenomenal book series, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but cultivating that and realizing we're not here just to pass time and to exist, we're here yeah. to grow We are here to learn, and that mentality is what keeps us getting back up whenever we skin our knees.
0: Well, and I think um, one of the the last areas I really would love to look into a little bit on this podcast is, you know, I had an opportunity is uh, you had posted some choreography that you did. And it was just so delightful. It was so delightful to be able to watch that and see that you and I think there were about what about five other five other uh women who were dancing with you and I just I thought it was lovely. Mm-hmm.
1: And oh, I just, thank uh, you.
0: You're most welcome and thank you and thank you for posting it. Um and I think that um, and I guess maybe I'm kind of asking for some coaching for myself right now. I think um, as, as a dancer and someone who has also worked as, as a choreographer, I find that I, that I limit myself because, uh, you, you know, you, you want it to be so good before you reveal it to the world. And I guess what I'm asking for is, is there, is there some advice that you can give us on overcoming uh, perfectionism? Oh, I love this.
1: (laughs) Yes, I can. It's (laughs) a hard question. Well, most of of my life, I mean, and and it's definitely a personality type. Mm -hmm. So a few years ago, I don't know where it came from. But the idea came to me that I had a margin of imperfection, that it was impossible for me as a human to achieve Mm -hmm. perfection in this life. I could strive for it, but I wasn't going to hold myself um, up to this high level of whatever. And so, especially with dance, because, oh, my goodness, it's hard. It's hard to put something out there that's less than perfect. And if I had it my way, I'd rehearse with these dancers for months, and it would be cleaned and perfect, and then, you know, brilliant lighting and costuming and all the right videographies. <laughs> but you know yes. what? I taught an hour-and-a-half master class. And, a half and yeah. the way I chose to look at it was every flaw I no longer see as a flaw,
0: right. wabi-sabi,
1: it's, it's, it's a, a Gosh, I can't remember what culture now. I should go back to the seminar I taught on it. <laughs> but ah, I love it. I love it. Perfectly imperfect. So you, uh, it's a mindset shift where we see beauty in the imperfections because especially in dance. Here's what I love about dance. Yeah. Everybody interprets choreography differently. Everybody. Yeah. And so when a person uniquely is able to put out a feeling and a purpose for the movement – Mm-hmm. You get proper movement. I passed the point where I was, I, I did entertainment dance, you know, most of, most of my teenage years and early 20s, coaching drill, right. all that type of things. But then I moved into the artistic form, which right. you don't even move an arm unless there's a purpose for it. And it engages I somewhere see. within your core and your heart. Yeah. And so throwing flaws in the margin of imperfection, saying, ah, it belongs there. And it's a beautiful thing. Got Perfectly it. Perfectly imperfect.
0: So it is, in some ways, what what you're saying is that it it is the imperfection itself that that makes it even more of an art form.
1: Yes. And you know what? I think where this stems from is the fact that I have 50-degree scoliosis. I am the most aesthetically unpleasing body. You would see if I stood how my body told me to stand, but I've trained myself to stand up correctly. But when you see my x-rays... And you oh see, my gosh. there's some, I'm, I'm a very good poser with all of my body photography. However, yeah. if you saw me as a normal person and you saw how my anatomy was programmed, I am anything but perfect. I have a hunched shoulder. I have a short oh. hip. My, oh, I have sake. one lung that's impinged. Um, I have one leg longer than the other. The fat on my back, and I love my fat, and it's okay, it's that word. The fat, the body fat on my, the skin folds over on one side of my waist more than the other. And you know what? I oh, look at wow. my photos. I used to look at them, and I used to say, you disgusting, filthy. You know, that was the wrong voices. Oh. Those were the wrong voices. And now I look yeah. at those photos and say, you are an incredible person Yay. working in this imperfect body and doing the best you can with it. And I yeah. celebrate that. And I hope we all celebrate those imperfections because that is what makes us unique.
0: Well, I think that that is a wonderful way to go ahead and come, and as we come to the close of this Sugar Freedom Show, is understanding that, you know, that it is in many ways, it is the the imperfection that, you know, makes us, you know, unique and human. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that I do say to my clients is, when they come in and they've got a long way to go and it's like, Well, I'm I'm over fifty and I've gotta lose over fifty pounds Mm. or whatever and what I say to them is, Wow, the farther you come the more of an inspiration you will be And I think you really are you really are an inspiration, Christy Joe. I mean to talk about literally having, you know, a spine that's curved and saying, Nope, I'm gonna dance
1: anyway and and (laughs) you know and and
0: as I said, you know, as somebody who who saw that piece, I'm like, I'm, I was so grateful to see it. And I think that when I want to encourage, you know, anyone who's listening to this show who is an artist of any kind, whether you're a writer or a poet or a singer or a dancer, um, or, or, you know, or you work in arts and crafts, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, get that stuff out there so that people Mm -hmm. can see it and enjoy it and be inspired by it. Oh, what wonderful advice. It's been an inspiring Podcast, And I'm so grateful ah. that I got to have you here on the Sugar Freedom Show. And would you please, one more time, say the name of your website where uh, where people can find more information and learn more about you. Can you say it one more time?
1: Yes, absolutely. It's com. And thank you, Catherine. I have enjoyed this immensely. You are someone I really look up to and admire <laughs> I know all of my listeners have benefited from having you on the Body Buddies podcast. And so thank you for putting that out in the world. And you throw those in the margin of imperfection, and we embrace everything. And life is good. Life is wonderful, oh, isn't it? Oh, I,
0: I agree. And let's keep creating. And I just I want to thank you for being here on the Sugar Freedom Show. Bye-bye to my, my audience, and make it a great day.
1: Thank you.